Before you get them horns up, here is a disclaimer. This episode was recorded on the 31st of December 2018 and is only reaching your ears now because of well, reasons. The podcast will resume a regular schedule soon. Till then, get ready and here. We go It's time to get them horns up. I'm Animesh and Peter, where are you, man? So, I'm in the westernmost part of India, in Goa, actually. And Dude, the this... westernmost part of India is Gujarat. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'm, I'm in the party capital of India. <laughs> and are you partying? Far from it, my friend, far from it. <laughs> I'm actually taking it easy. Sipping on them cold beers, catching up on all the music that I missed out on this year, and it's been so much music, man. Yeah, man, it has. And coincidentally, or actually not coincidentally, literally, we are recording this on the last day of 2018. That's 365 days we are never getting back. Uh, how has the year been for you, man? Music front, it's been great. I mean, there's been so many albums. I mean. I, I've lost track of the number of promos I've got this year and from so many different places. It's been great to hear from bands from places like Macedonia and stuff like that, where I really thought I'd ever listen to metal from. But uh, you've also like otherwise had a lot of big bands and I've had the opportunity to also interview quite a few bands this year. So I'm very grateful for that. Anything um, that really stood out? Dream come true? Dream come true, I not much, but at least I'm glad I got to do interview again. Marai from the Japanese uh, progressive avant-grande band, we may want to call them Sai. Uh, <laughs> and see, I mean, it was great to interview him, especially since uh, in the lead up to the album, he kept saying that, you know, everyone's going to hate it. All the critics are going to hate it. I've written this album only for me. <laughs> so once I heard the album, I was kind of surprised because I really enjoyed it and I thought I was missing something. So, you know, going into the interview, I really wanted to kind of figure out why. And on this album, they've actually kind of taken a whole different direction where they're singing in Japanese. Yeah. But I'm not going to give too much about that uh, interview. So I'll I'll definitely put a link in our show notes uh, for it. But uh, yeah, man, it's been quite i mean a lot of uh labels have had a great year i mean 20 bucks spin uh, at least last time we spoke about uh, transcending obscurity also yeah. from in bombay uh they've had a great year uh, kunal choksi put up a list and i realized he's put out more than 20 international albums this year which is quite admirable in this day and age of where everyone's looking mainly into downloads and streaming what about you, Animesh? Tell me about what your year has been like. My year on the musical front, well, um, I didn't listen to as much music as I would have hoped to. I think that's that's changing uh, after the podcast, definitely. Uh, but one really, really cool thing happened for me this year musically, and that is with my band, The Riot Peddlers. With my band, I say, the band that I play for, The Riot Peddlers, we, we did our first ever Out of India tour 
that oh, was yeah. a big highlight for me i mean who would have ever thunk that a hardcore punk band from india from bombay who talk about the daily travails of indian life of life that they experience back here would be booked and then get to perform in singapore in kuala lumpur in uh fuck i forgot the other town's name in malaysia it was awesome just to see that kind of it's awesome because you see you hear about the brotherhood of music and you hear about the brotherhood of metal punk all these scenes but it's truly when you go into another land where you're not expecting it and you see it and you experience it there that you see that it's not just a fiction it is fact we we met around the time you'd you'd got one of those emails uh and this is of course way before we ever thought we'd do a podcast together and i still remember your reaction saying oh by the way we just got an email to play a gig here and i was like wow that's cool i didn't know you guys were active <laughs> <laughs> oh wow <laughs> okay yeah man we've been active fairly okay i mean how many times do you actually get to book or actually get to see or how many times do you actually book um punk rock band here in bombay or anywhere here in india i know of only two or three promoters who do it willingly and of course <laughs> venues have also been a major worry in the past year at least here in bombay <laughs> where is feel jealous when i look at all the other venues opening up in other parts of the country so yeah 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 but we don't get booked here in india man and that's absolutely fine our music isn't for most people and that i agree with but just to see the kind of reception that we got outside of india it was heartening right and we definitely need to chat more about this on a future episode because i really want to pick your brain as to just the punk scene and the hardcore scene around yeah. asia we should we definitely, definitely get like arun and ashwin maybe i don't know who else we can but get them together and do like a punk scene special or something of that sort and we should definitely look at also the scene across in asia because every day i mean scenes like indonesia malaysia thailand there's so many bands i don't think we'll have enough we'll spend another 2020 and we'll still be hearing the bands that have released in the last few years itself so there's so much good music coming out of this definitely season. All right so here's the plan for episode 2 I think it's time to look back reminisce a bit about the year gone by sounds like a plan Oh yeah let's get this started All right so let's begin with our favorite albums from 2018 we're only listing out 5 each and they're all limited to as such the metal umbrella genre um I want to reveal our picks one by one is that okay with you Oh yeah let's do that because yeah. i realized while we were prepping up for this we've done it completely differently but that's the best part about uh, doing a topics like this yeah uh, what do you mean by doing it completely differently is that you have gone out and done it alphabetically while i have actually put my neck out there and have numbered my list so i'll be giving you a, a number 5 number 4 number 3 number 2 downright to my top album of the year i'm just I- putting my neck I out would, a bit and the only reason i did that is because i feel as just somebody who listens and enjoys music and not i can't really it's a more subjective thing for me 
as opposed to you know objectively looking at it as a musician or the technicality and stuff like that so i i'm just putting out my top albums what i've listened to of course given my limited time so these are the top five albums alphabetically that i listen to the most this year all right um mine is not yeah i agree with you it is a subjective list i may not have the same ranking tomorrow as i do right now but yeah it remains a subjective list too um disclaimers aside let's begin peter what's on your list first album okay so starting with the alphabet a alkaloid liquid anatomy for me i just title it a progressive masterpiece and for anybody who has any doubt why this album is one of my top albums of the year you just need to listen to the album closer rise of the self aloids that's a 18 minute long track oh yeah and it just <laughs> encompasses everything in the album it's such a beautiful way to end the album each of the musicians are so technically proficient i don't need to go into that really but i think you also happened to listen to the album what did you think yes i did uh, it was your word itself that put me onto that album and i must say it's 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 beautifully done it is a masterpiece i completely agree with you on that what i really liked about it is how organic all of it seemed to be i'm sure it must have been really worked on but it doesn't feel like that it feels very in the moment and the riffs and how they meld into each other and the vocalization the styling of the vo- uh, of the vocals there's just something for everyone on that album oh yeah and you know when you compare it to most of the other tech or prog albums that you that been released this year it's the most organic sounding to me and you know it seems very seamless most of the other stuff seems very sterile and i think that's just primarily the production call they've taken on it I this is one of the top albums for me especially because I listened to them in the past and the jump that they've made uh, musically is unbelievable and I can't imagine what their next album is going to be like really so my first pick was Alkaloid Liquid Anatomy what was yours all right so coming in at number 5 on my list is Wolf Tooth's self-titled debut Wolf Tooth The album arrived quite early in the year the first week of Jan 2018 and as a result it's been on my playlist for quite some time. This is a band that hails from Richmond Indiana and they play a branch of heavy metal that's similar to bands like The Sword or Clutch or Dawnbringer uh maybe our very own Bevacy and the likes. So yeah it does seem like a tribute of sorts to the 1970s and 80s but it's not out and out sabbath or rainbow worship and that's why I really enjoyed this album. a uh, collection of eight tracks that showcase original super strong songwriting the guitars have a lot of fuzz on them the songs have earworm melodies and hooks the lyrics tread fantastical stories or personal quips it's an album that's been my soundtrack companion on long commutes several times in the year warm smooth and it's become one of the most repeated albums for me in 2018 wolf tooth self titled debut wolf tooth okay, have you heard is... that one out no i haven't And, cool. uh, so I'll share that one with you. Sound, yeah, and this definitely sounds like something I would enjoy and something up my alley. All right. So that was mine. What's next on yours? All right. And next for me is a Mumbai Pune band called Dirge and they released their album a I couple of months. I thought it was Dirge. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Mumbai Pune joke for you. Yeah. So and their debut album Ark 
Pooch. I think I'm saying it all. Ah, Punch, whatever. I'm not getting into the semantics of it. But so their album is, if anyone has heard of Dirge in the past, they're a doom metal band. Mm-hmm. But what's unique about their album, unlike most uh, doom metal acts, or at least the ones I've heard so far, their whole album was inspired by Mayan and Aztec mythology. And if you look at most of the doom metal bands, at least some of my favorites, they've channeled the whole New Orleans sludge sound. And uh-huh. it's like taking it to the next level, really. And one of the great things they've got is great production uh, on it compared to most of the Indian acts. So they really stand out uh, for me. And that's why they're the only uh, Indian act uh, on my list. And again, Dirge, I saw them live also uh, during their album release uh, gig. As heavy live as they are on uh, CD. Have you had a chance to check I've them heard out? only one track of that entire album and... Yeah, it's been on my list of things to getting around and listening to, but I haven't done that due diligence with them. Uh, but yeah, definitely going to check yeah. them out. Yeah. So that was Dirge uh, from Mumbai, Pune. Uh, my second pick. What's yours, Animesh? Okay, so number four on my list is something that I'm going to get a lot of flack for from a bunch of people who identify as metal lifers. Uh, it's Def Haven's Ordinary Corrupt Human Love. It's largely to do with Def Haven's sound. Um, it remains a contemporary take on the sound that defines black metal. And this time around on what is the band's third album, that sound has been used and crafted to write songs that are... Um, if I were to use just one word to describe them, uh, it would be beautiful. I found the album to be more mellow and chill than the previous two albums by the Californian band and dare say I think it's their most mature effort yet. There's some impeccable songwriting and the band finally seems to be extremely comfortable with their own voice and identity. But I think this becomes the album that or this became the album that finally ended the debate of whether Death Haven is metal or not. Um, it's definitely not black metal, even though it uses similar techniques. You you can call it black gaze, call it shoegaze, post metal, dream metal, whatever you like. But it is a metal album, and that's because it is impeccably good. It pushes boundaries. It's technically sound, and it's as intense or heavy as any of the other uh, metal albums you would have ever heard this year. What do you think? Have you checked out Death Haven? And what are your thoughts on the entire debate that's around this band and this kind of sound. But one thing I must add to what you said is no matter whether they are metal or not, they've spawned so many clones. I mean, that Sunbather album of theirs spawned Completely. so many that if, if they had to remake that album, I mean, you can't expect them to remake uh, that album uh, at all. But I did check out their latest album. Uh, I did enjoy it in bits, not something that I would kind of go back to on a regular basis. But I mean, when it comes to the debate of whether they are metal or not, of course, they're metal. I mean, just look at forget just their music, look at the influence they've had on their sound and just look at the entire show that they put on. Yeah, completely. So that was Def Haven's Ordinary Corrupt Human Love which comes in at number four on my list. 
what's next on your list similar to you i also listen to a, a bit of black metal and this this one is on transcending obscurity this was gaera unsettling whispers now okay this band is from portugal they put on the whole hooded look act they've got an entire complete uh, mysterious look so you have no idea who the members are and mm-hmm. for me the first time i listened to the album it was a really unsettling experience and okay. it haunted me so much that i had to go back to that album and just repeatedly listen to it and it probably is uh, the entire atmosphere i listened to it in because i listened to it during the rainy season where it was kind of dark heavy rains and it just kind of went along with the entire atmosphere I was in the music easily i've put it as one of the best metal albums i've heard this year what do you think uh, animesh i haven't heard this one but okay. considering it's black metal and considering it's i'm guessing it's old school traditional black metal in terms of what uh, in terms of your description of it correct me if i'm wrong like yeah i think this this again this is probably if i want to term it the third wave of or the fourth wave of black metal i mean it does have nods to the second wave of black metal mm-hmm. but guys have kind of created their own sound and there's something about the portuguese black metal scene they've got something going on of their own so yeah which i feel in the next couple of years is going to kind of explode and probably be remembered as the norwegian black metal scene wow that that influential yeah it could be and i that years me uh, looking into the crystal ball if i may okay yeah so my third pick was gaira unsettling whispers some black metal into my picks what about you anmesh okay so number 3 on my list is the mighty mournful congregation Oh. Yes, the Australian funeral doom band gave us an excellent album this year, released in the first quarter of 2018. The Incubus of Karma was, as expected, a masterpiece. It made the most of a CD recording. It because it clocks in at around 80 minutes, and once again, just like all their previous works, those minutes are perhaps the best mix of heavy, intimate, and sadness that money can buy. <laughs> This was a record that took a long time for me to get into and that's because sometimes well I just didn't have the time to spin it from top to bottom but after doing that once there have been multiple times when I've reached out and spun the whole thing again it's almost as if the album was a drug similar to what you had with Gaera um I needed a fix of this album it's addictive and yeah and you generally don't say that a lot about funeral doom what would it being so slow and a challenge to enjoy in today's overtly digital fast paced dis- distraction heavy life but mournful congregation are just so talented at their craft that you can let these songs unfurl at their own pace and pretty soon you're just washed over by the entire album it's a masterpiece no two ways about it oh yeah i agree and you know if you look into their discography also these guys have not put out one dud as yet so yeah they haven't every time they announce a new album it just sends and of course funeral doom metal is such a niche and there are very like i would say strong followers of the genre or the subgenre 
so i did get a chance i haven't had a chance to listen to the album uh, more than a couple of times but the few singles that i heard really strong stuff probably this past year i wasn't in the mood uh, to listen to something like this but mm-hmm. after your description of it i'm definitely going to try make some time and uh, check out top to bottom because you really need to dedicate uh, 80 minutes put in that complete concentration and listen to the album to really feel it yeah i agree man funeral doom has never been a genre for the impatient but you need to just mull over it and and get it done once at least so that you can finally enjoy it for what it is so that was mournful congregations uh, incubus of karma uh, that was number 3 on my list which gets into the top 2s now <laughs> but yeah not top 2 for you because you're doing it alphabetically the alphabet yeah. a for me we jump on to and this is an album i think i listened to the most this year easily it's a band called chemis and their album yeah. desolate oh my god this this was the crossover between doom metal and heavy, uh, classic heavy metal yeah it's just something about those riffs man you just want to raise them horns up as cliche as it sound you want to you can listen to them all loud on your speakers blast them in your car this was an album i think everyone kind of caught on and what a release by 20 buck spin i mean easily i've listened to it so many times when it came out i think it went this was one of those albums similar to the, i had an experience like i had to the maiden albums i just listened to it almost every day for a couple of weeks i just had to go back to it because it was so good and those riffs are so sticky they just get stuck in your head man yeah completely agree with you on the riffs but what i really didn't enjoy was the vocals i don't know somehow that vocal style just doesn't appeal to me all that much maybe it's because again i'm spending so much time with wolf tooth kind of doom metal bands rather than chemists maybe it's that fair enough but so that was my fourth pick chemist desolation now let's head to the top 2s for you animesh <laughs> uh the next album on my list number 2 is one which has made an appearance on maybe 95% of all such lists i think it will be in your list i'm not sure but we'll see if it is i'm talking about yobs are raw heart now what can i say about this album that hasn't already been said that really was the challenge so let me tell you about how i experienced this one i needed to take a break from work and largely life around june this year and this became the soundtrack for that phase the album the experience it helps introspection it helps getting a grip on things it helps rediscover it helps clear your mind it helps um it's almost as if this album was a soundtrack to help meditation and of course considering all the circumstances that plagued the band before this release you can't help but just marvel at how much effort went into writing and releasing our raw heart oh yeah so i mean i completely agree with you i was actually following the updates on the band because they've been one of my favorites uh, for a while yeah man i'm really glad to see them out with a new album uh, and i'm really glad to also see the critical acclaim they've got for this album it's long overdue if i may say so yeah very long overdue so right so, so what's your next album man and 
to wrap this up, my last, when we come to the alphabet T, is the armed, only love. Now, okay. the armed uh, are a mysterious band again, where you don't really know who the members are. They're rumored to have members of the band Converge in them. Uh, I think the drummer accidentally revealed that he recorded the album. So there's a bit of mystery around that. But otherwise, members' identity aside, this album is a mix of metallic hardcore with electronica. It's like they threw both those elements into a blender with a wall of sound production. And it just smashes everything inside. I mean, one of the things about I enjoyed about the album is there's no way you can predict what's coming next. Every song, I thought, okay, this is what it's going to go like. Okay, this is where it's going to go. And it just goes completely the opposite direction. And that's what kept me guessing. I mean, it's like, whoa, what's going to come next? Okay, what's this song next? Wow, what's going on? And that was my entire first couple of listens. And it just, it, I mean, it's not catchy per se. You know, for somebody who enjoys the noise genre or mm-hmm. something that's really loud, this uh-huh. will definitely be up your alley. You know, uh, um, I don't know if this is a right opinion, but at times this feels like a pop record um, in places. Only thing it's Wait. it's a lot a lot heavier. Yeah, and it's they've taken the simple stuff what you normally hear in your pop records, which is the synths and stuff like that, and just turned it up to like 15 on the volume. Yeah, definitely. And it just completely zigs when you're expecting it to zag or zags when you're expecting it to zig. And even that album artwork, I remember the one, it's 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 the one with the, uh, with the bold woman, right? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. look like a metal album at all. Yeah, and that's one of the things that really, I guess, over the years, I've learned to appreciate is something which doesn't fit in the stereotype or the template of metal is what I keep going back to, because this is something that will keep surprising you. And that's why it's on one of the top albums uh, of this year for me. I mean, this was not something you'd expect from a band like the armed or just in general from metal yeah it definitely something that's pushing boundaries yeah i agree with that come All on right hit us up with your number one animation <laughs> okay i'm going with my gut and emotion on this pick not my mind this was the album that i've repeated the most in the year it's the album that ex- that's excited me the most it's the album that i've showcased a lot to people uh, both those who listen to this kind of music and those who don't. Um, it's Big Destroyer's Head Cage. Now, it's the sixth full-length release from the Virginia-based Grindcore outfit. And my oh my, was this an album to party along to. We've spoken about this album before and I have to repeat myself here when I say that I don't understand why this album got so much of the flack it did. Why the hell would you want J.R. Hull and company to keep remaking Prowler in the Yard or Terrifier when there's so much soundscape left for the band to explore? Oh, yeah. And I mean, I, I'm going to repeat myself also. Uh, if you want to listen to the same grindcore like it was, just go back, listen to Nepalm Death or any of the bands that released stuff in the 80s, man, or 90s. 
exactly now uh this album is also special because it was the first time they are playing with a bassist or they're recording with a bassist uh bassist is john jarvis who's uh, related to the band's drummer adam jarvis the addition of the bass gives big destroyer so much more muscle and strength and it allows for one more direction that the band can take at any short moments notice of course all of that sound is backed by some of the most horrifyingly beautiful politically charged lyrics and poetry from the crazy crazy mind of jras for me that one line which is uh, why would god create something so weak only for it to suffer is perhaps the most memorable lyric this year for anybody who's been following uh, big destroyer and their discography you that's one of the things that appeals to most people the lyrics of uh, jr so definitely something always to look forward to unfortunately when i bought the cd it didn't come along with the lyrics one of the things i still buy cds for so i'm just going to like print it out or something and add it to the booklet mhm completely agree with you it was in my top 10 albums and when i had to narrow it down to 5 i had to kind of edge it out for the other albums but completely agree with you big destroyer number 1 album yeah it with this album they proved once again why they're rightfully considered the torch bearers of this sound or this subgenre and just as torch bearers should they know when it's the time to build and improve rather than recycle and reuse mark my words the next album whenever it releases will be even bolder oh yeah and you can constantly expect something new from them they're constantly pushing the envelope forward and taking something like grindcore way forward than what you expected yeah absolutely so peter that was quite an exercise satisfied with your our lists oh yeah this was quite tough to do i mean it took me quite a while to down uh, to it took narrow me quite down. to narrow things down to 10 and then from 10 to 5 and especially not knowing what you were going to pick that made it quite an exercise but i'm glad uh, we did yeah it. we ended up with 10 unique albums five yours and five mine so, but yeah that was uh, what was also great is the fact that most of the albums we've heard whether oh, it belongs yeah. to your list or to mine which just goes to show that the cream of the crop really rises to the top <laughs> that's a nice one. Yeah, that's actually a macho man Randy Savage quote. Don't Ooh. get me started on wrestling. Just throwing in those wrestling references that. Eh? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make a little segue into gigs that we attended. What are the gigs that you attended? I know you didn't attend too many, but what are the most memorable memorable gigs for the past year for you, Animesh? So yes you are right I didn't attend a lot of gigs but my most memorable gig apart from the whole Riot Peddler South Asia tour um the most memorable gig for me in 2018 as an audience member would be uh, All Sest at the South Bank Center in London curated by Robert Smith for a festival called Meltdown um and why this was really memorable is because a the venue it was it was held in a theater which is like your uh, tata theater in the ncpa which requires um or which features seating okay. but really good acoustics it took me to a place where i was like oh my god why uh, why haven't i been going out to gigs 
um or going out for more gigs or just coming out and appreciating music a lot more so yeah it became one of the reasons i think internally as to why we ended up doing the podcast too so yeah which is why i would think it's definitely one of the most memorable gigs i've experienced so coincidentally because we haven't discussed there that's why i'm putting the disclaimer out there allsest at bangalore open air is tied one of my favorite gigs this year Oh shit and, you not are you fucking shitting me Yeah and one of the reasons why it's one of the most memorable one of the most memorable gigs for me is it was that entire space that I was in while I was watching them Bangalore open air as you can imagine the black t-shirts and stuff like that and then you have a band like that because if you look to the lineup you had you know Immolation Overkill and this was one of the few bands that kind of stood out in terms of from their sound and uh-huh. they played right before uh over uh emulation and uh, overkill so it okay. was that you know time where you can kind of chill out if may you may uh before the heavier acts took over mm-hmm. and yeah it, and it was they played when it was still daylight time so yeah and it was just kind of getting into dusk so yeah definitely experiencing their music uh in the outskirts of bangalore one of the best experiences i had this year but contrast to that mm-hmm. the gig that i really enjoyed was by this brutal death metal band called stillbirth when they played okay. on their india tour in bombay at the, above the habitat these guys i mean they don't at all meet any of the clichés that you have from a genre like or a subgenre like brutal death metal they play in their beach shorts and they play without t-shirts and they just go at it i mean you had their opening bands play before them but the moment they came on stage things went to a next level and these guys don't even they their whole uh, i mean the domain name is still birth party so these guys <laughs> want to have a party on stage and yeah man i mean i'll definitely i have a video of uh, the vocalist getting into a mosh pit and stuff like that so much fun i mean definitely one of the one hour that i'd want to go back to this year and just watch a band like them again so much fun they don't take themselves too seriously compared to most of the bands in their subgenre you know for focusing more on the gore element and stuff like that these guys just have a party yeah so much fun this this completely takes me back to one of the gigs that we played as as the riot peddlers in singapore uh, there was a band called mucus mortuary which okay. i shit you not uh, same vibe as the one you just described out and out full party full blast yeah and, and still really good songs Like it's not just about the party. It's also about all of this happening with really good music. No, and one of the things I guess when you want to go to a live show, you want to see not the same. Well, you want don't want to hear the exact same thing that you hear on the record. Otherwise, you just listen to the record and sit at home. With exactly. something like this, you want to, and I mean, get the audience involved. You know. that's where i feel stuff like the mosh pit and the wall of that that kind of gets you really going so yeah adds to the whole ex- live concert experience 
All right. So with that, it's a wrap on 2018 and we've relived what the year was like. Definitely. We're looking forward to what 2019 has to bring, considering how good a year in 2018 was for metal. And we had to like struggle to kind of fit in our top five. Hope you enjoyed uh, that. We'll definitely put a playlist of uh, all of our picks so you can check them out on YouTube later. Yep. So with that, it's a wrap on this episode. You can find Peter at Trend Crusher. I'm at Asmo Annie. And Horns Up itself has a Twitter ID now. What's the handle, Peter? It's Horns Up POD. Because there's a Horns Up podcast, which is a football podcast, which is not really active. But just look up Horns Up POD on Twitter. Yes, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. So leave a rating. Tell us we suck. Come on. I dare you. <laughs> so that's it. Thanks for listening. Throw them horns up. Horns up.